0: I don't even know what to say It's been a really long time And we're back
1: A lot of life
0: has transpired (laughs) A lot of ghosts in the room (laughs) But this my friends is Welcome to Chicago The podcast About the band
1: Chicago The one and only a very special episode for more reasons than one for two reasons
0: it's been uh i haven't seen you guys in about two and a half years since the last time we did this
2: that's true yeah
0: no we did a whole other podcast yeah and then another one
1: that although we weren't we're,
0: released we weren't doing that in person no
1: who are we mm. Uh, My name is Andy Cush. I play bass in Garcia Peoples. I'm a music journalist. I am a
2: contributing editor for Pitchfork. Uh, My name is Sam Sadomsky. What do I do? I make music. Uh, I'm a writer, an editor. And um, once again, putting my old podcaster hat back on to throw my hat in the ring is the best uh, podcast. Okay. okay. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here podcasting with you guys. What's up, everybody?
0: Uh, Winston Cook Wilson here, um, uh, podcaster first, of course, uh, musician, uh, sometimes writer, uh, man about man about town, and uh, today I'll be providing some music as well on the well i call it music but i'll be remixing some of the tunes where i've been really into djing and sampling lately so i'll be remixing some of the music that you hear because i think a lot of people think why do i care about this stuffy old band and so i want to kind of show them we are hip we do listen to newer music
1: you, you didn't exactly run that bias. like you kind of presented it as if you were joking when you said you were going to do that yeah.
2: i just want to say the energy in the room is electric right now (laughs) the energy we're building up we ah,
0: i just want to try something different if we're going to come back and do this and the fans have been fucking hounding us you know who you are you've been waiting for this moment um so for this holiday special episode Mm, which holiday um all, all of the major ones that come at this time of year for this holiday episode i wanted to give you a little bit of something new uh maybe some sounds you're not as familiar with uh and then you know we are just getting back in touch with this band chicago that we made a pact with p- pack with each other in 2018 to make a podcast where we listen to every single album by them and do, do an episode a podcast episode devoted to those albums. Um, so I'm trying to do something special and new for this episode because this, the reason we like pulled this together two and a half years after our last episode, after we thought we could never listen to another note of this band and that we're going to throw in the towel is because this is the album that inspired us to do this podcast. That's right. All those years ago, Chicago 19. Sam, you want to, what do you remember about, about this all coming together? Like what,
2: Talk, let's talk about what what really happened that in that time we saw a post we saw a post and we i can't i think we had like a fairly active group chat the three of us and i think someone brought in like a screenshot of a post about chicago 19 being an album worth checking out do you, and, you remember the verbiage though yeah it was um don't sleep on chicago 19 that's right, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and i just remember yeah. All three of us, it was just like lightning. Like we were all listening to it. We were all talking a mile and which listening to the record now, I can't imagine what I possibly had to say that I was so <laughs> excitable about. But at the time we were just like, it was just like riffing and ideas and... right questions so many uh just so much passion
0: it did feel like a startup like when
2: people think of a startup idea or the startup mentality well we also had a startup idea at the time which didn't pan out unfortunately which one uh the one many it was uh i don't know if we can even talk about it on the air since we don't own the copyright anymore but
1: we also did the classic startup pivot from uh, hosting a podcast about chicago to hosting a podcast about Late career albums by classic musicians. We're taking money from a corporation, and ta- yeah, we're yeah, taking on multiple uh, corporations. Investor money. You know, we got like really. We thought we were real big and shiny. Like then, look yeah. at us now. Some said we sold out.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and they, were they, were right. Right. Yeah. they were right. Yeah, right. We <laughs> sold <laughs> the fuck. We really did sell out, and, and
0: we're here with our tails between our legs because the money's dried up, and we're trying to sell out again. So if you're listening to that, this, we yeah. need. Money. We All just, of us yeah. are
2: broke. We forgot. We forgot our morals. We forgot our yeah, values. We you forgot
0: your. You start. You really went off the deep end with the morals. Thing. I
2: sure did. And look, I mean, here I am now saying like this is where I started. This okay, is what well, I. You. So just take the tone down a little bit. It's hard for the <laughs> listeners to. And I'm not even. It's been so long since I podcasted in a room with a mic in front of my face, and this like live wire energy is something I'm going to have to take a bit to adjust to. And
1: the fact is that. As much as we would have wanted him to, Peter Thiel, when we came to him for the money for season three of that hey, other yeah. podcast, and he said no. He's not interested
0: anymore. Yeah, so he's we're, not ba- interested we're back to our roots. Chicago or the city, sure. But <sighs> I remember live texting about this entire album with you, but listening back to it, I don't remember a fucking note of it.
2: No, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Including
0: the hits. Like, I know, like, there's a there's a big hit on this one that I think you probably hear at the CVS. Sure. From time to time, I don't even remember that from that or from real life experience, and it's been so long since we talked about this band that I had to sort of reacclimate myself to the whole way of listening to it, the the part of my brain and ears that I use to interact with it, and then also try to remember what happened in the history as sort of like the resident historian. Also, just the format of this
1: podcast. I don't really remember how to do it anymore. Yeah.
2: I actually. There's no
1: format right now.
2: (laughs) I just pulled up our original text thread about this. Oh, wow. I'm
0: scared, actually, but do you want to read from that? Is there anything that's going to get me canceled? It should be like past the phone
1: around so everyone can read well there. i
2: will say it would be much easier if the configuration of the room was a little more intuitive for three people by, like winston <laughs> right, right now you. yeah with I, his, your back at a swivel <laughs> your head hung over
0: listen my i didn't i didn't design my studio for the purposes of this podcast because I, th- I thought i'd never get you suck you motherfuckers back in a room with me honestly it
2: would i think it would be really funny if we read through this thread Um, and if it's not, we could kind of say,
0: I think it would be very funny on like, you let the the listeners decide if it's funny and you just do it.
2: Okay. (laughs) So the day is October 8th, 2018. Winston sends a screenshot of the post that says, don't sleep on Chicago 19. Mm -hmm. I respond a minute later, Jesus Christ, there's Chicago 19. (laughs) How how often are you going to pass it around? (laughs) Don't sleep. I said, just when I thought 2018 couldn't get worse. (laughs) Where are we? Right there.
0: The most amazing... This is me. I'm saying my text. The most amazing thing is that Chicago 19 was made in... 1988. So it seems this means a 30th anniversary remembrance is on the way. Do I talk like
2: that? I said, I've been asleep for 30 years. Uh, (laughs) Who are these people? I don't know. But all there's so many things in this thread that like this is when we discovered there's an album called Stone of Sisyphus.
1: Do we say in the thread maybe we should start a podcast yeah, where about the band that? in Chicago?
2: Yeah. When uh, did we actually get to that point? Um <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> Oh yeah, here it is. Andy. We should willfully subject ourselves to the entire Chicago discography (laughs) and then have a weekly book club about it, maybe record a podcast. Wow.
1: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Winston
2: immediately goes, that's a good idea. I said, I love that idea. Winston says, podcast idea is solid. Wow.
1: So... Decades from now, when they try to write me out of the history of Welcome to Chicago. No, no, and it's all your fault, actually. But here's
2: when we realized that we're eventually going to have to get to Chicago 19, and I'm like, we'll have to do a three-hour episode about Chicago 19, and then Winston goes, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever done. Yeah, Yeah, that's certainly true.
1: Which I was thinking about while listening to Chicago 19- in the car on my way down to New York to record this podcast. You guys ever think that maybe welcome to Chicago is the best creative project that you've uh, ever been involved in and that maybe like that will be like, uh, your legacy as an artist.
0: I think about certain things that we've done over the years. And I think I can't believe that. I, like how I'll never have another experience like that, like taping at uh, the Grady's Cold Brew Factory and yeah. yeah, asking Grady, the owner of this cold brew company that we had just, like, forced into being sort of a <laughs> sponsor <laughs> and written many songs about to listen to, like, a totally anonymous, terrible Chicago album yeah. and, like, have a response to it. And, like... And he stepped up to the plate. He, stepped up he the, was great. Uh, he should. Have. and And uh, when I think about that, I'm like, man, something really... We did do something. Yeah.
2: Do I think this is the best creative project I've been part of in my life? No. But do I think it's the one that's the most tethered to my actual life? Yes. Where I'm yeah, like, I agree with that. The, just like the things I went through while recording this mm, show, mm-hmm. the parts of me I've revealed throughout it the trajectory it traces in all three of our lives. And what
0: percentage of what you're referring to there is just talking about having shingles? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like 92%. 92%. Yeah. yeah. It's a personal thing. Yeah, 8% is like my career and my music and my own changing life as a human.
0: Okay, okay. We'll get into that. But I mean the the interesting thing, you know, is like in the time intervening I think between like the last episode and now Chicago fans have found the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're in that context and uh you know a lot of the review we we got we we had like five five star reviews or something like
2: Yeah, you know, we were super critically acclaimed. Yeah, for a we while. were
0: really lauded. Critically lauded. Yeah. And uh then they got us down to like a three something rating with like these guys know nothing about Chicago, but they also are also like the shingle stuff from sam is revolting
2: did they say that (laughs) a bunch of a bunch of
0: the ones that are like they say like revolting disgusting (laughs) Uh, what's wrong with him that kind of really yeah
2: i didn't that must be a new uh, oh my god
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so We got, I don't even really know how to get into this. First of all, happy holidays, everyone. And this is, we're so glad to bring you this present for all the fans that have been waiting for this episode for two and a half years. Um, What has happened to us in those years, we'll just try to make this quick so we can get into the music. We know that's what you're here for. Um, But quickly, I think we, you know, for those of uh, you who are sort of in it for like the character development, um, you know uh we haven't done a a later episode we haven't podcasted at all in over a year not to mention you know this podcast so let's give just like if you guys want to summarize in maybe a sentence or two how what's happened what's changed over the past two and a half years for you um just so the audience knows what's up and say your name before you do it so because people are probably still trying to reacclimate themselves to our voices
1: Uh, Andy here. A big thing that's changed in my life since we last did Welcome to Chicago is that when we were doing Welcome to Chicago, I was regularly listening to the band Chicago, and it made me really, really miserable to hear that music all the time. (laughs) And over the last two years, I don't think I've willingly listened to Chicago once. Uh, I'd say that's probably the biggest uh, development in my life. How did it feel to listen to it again? You know, I... Had kind of a stressful morning before I got in the car to come down here. And I put it on and I was like, God damn it. I can't believe I have to listen to this. And then I put it on a second go round, And by the second go round, it actually was making me really happy to return to my old friends in Chicago.
0: That's kind of like the Greg Turkington game of... That he talked about when he was on later of putting on a terrible CD in the car and listening to it until you get into
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) It only took two plays for this one. Yeah.
2: Go ahead. My life in a sentence. No. no, What's your your name? Say hi. I'm Sam. Here you go. Get a little closer to the mic. Oh, I'm Sam. Uh, In the last two and a half years since we recorded another episode of... uh, Since we recorded this podcast... um, I I also didn't listen to a lot of Chicago. Um, I moved a few times. I, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Where does one begin?
0: Spiritually, how, how do you feel you're different? Like when you look back, like Honestly. when you see like a memory on your phone or something
2: of yeah. like... What when, you were... when you have a memory... <laughs> i'm Um, talking about a
0: thing that we both all experienced i think we talked and we we, see a picture of us from that time and you're like who are those guys we
2: all look very different i feel like i was like a child when we did those early episodes
0: Um, yeah yeah. sniveling you had like a sniveling quality
2: (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and i don't know Now i'm all like 30 and stuff so that's what's up with me i go to a chiropractor now
0: uh, I know this. The whole reason you wanted to do the podcast again is just so you could talk about this chiropractor thing. We'll yeah, give you. Did a, you
2: know that I'm like seeing a chiropractor? I didn't. But isn't,
1: isn't chiropractory sort of like a pseudoscience? That's what. Uh, is there any yeah, merit to that at all?
2: I would say half the people I tell that to are like chiropractor, like that's a scam profession, and then the other half of the people are like, "Does your back feel better?" And I'm like, "Well, yes."
1: Well, All I know is that when I was a child, a lesson that my mom very deliberately uh, imparted to me was never visit a chiropractor because Same. they're scammers. Same,
2: really? definitely. Well, I mean, this guy's like putting all these electrodes on my back. like Okay, a oh, okay. 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 so here's what
0: we'll do to appease you because <laughs> <laughs> you've multiple times mentioned, I can't wait to get back to podcasting. I have a lot to say about my chiropractor. <laughs> uh, we will put on a track of your selection from the album to get people in the musical world and you can get the chiropractor shit out of your system. Just say some stuff. (laughs) Andy and I will, Andy don't (laughs) respond. None of us, none of us respond. (laughs) Let him get it out of his, but I have to do my update first. Oh yeah. um, My update is I've grown up a lot and uh, you know, I, I have a lot more perspective on my younger self. The person who was so hungry to get that Grady sponsorship and, person who was just hustling hard and you know i had to slow down take stock of myself in covid get kind of back to center but now i'm like trying to hustle again trying to get back to a little bit of the me from before um you know the me that was kind of yeah just hungry for life and discovery how many times did i say hungry
2: (laughs) i think you said it enough enough people get that
0: uh, I'm a tiger. I'm like a unicorn. I'm trying to think of the right word for to describe me um in this in that um, way. a unicorn sort of like a startup yeah, That guy, is a startup thing. But there's
1: that has also, a specific meaning though. Yeah. Uh maybe like an
0: alligator. I'm an alligator. A bear. I'm an alligator. Um <laughs> the uh how did I feel when I heard Chicago? Cue <laughs> music. Uh-huh. How did I feel when I heard Chicago again? Really transported back to another time, and then after a while, vaguely nauseous. (laughs) That was a nice little abrupt.
1: i don't I don't think we need any more than that right now
0: all right let let sam do his shit let so this is so Chicago, let's quickly uh, do the introduction to Chicago nineteen and we'll let Sam talk about the chiropractor, but we'll give the basic wait information. i have i have one more update related thing to say okay
1: which is that an update on your guy's behalf uh much to my um sadness. Sadness is or that I think that when we were well, you know, I feel like much to my chagrin is a cliche that I yeah. tried to dodge at the last minute. Okay, uh, you guys were friends basically when we last did our our final Chicago, the Chicago Eighteen episode, right? And now you're sort of enemies, which uh, it, it pains me to say. I, I wouldn't say we're enemies. I don't like to. Yeah. Say that. I
2: would say we're co- we're podcast co-hosts. <laughs> that like you have a,
1: co- a cordial professional relationship. That's like the defining. I
0: think it would be too. kind to call it cordial and
2: professional. That's on a good, a good day. Maybe.
1: See
0: what happened here is a good indication of what happens because he gets asked something, talking about both of us, and they just kind of steamrolls it. Says his own <laughs> interpretation. So you know, I'll let him. I'll let that. All right. So are we going into that? Be the narrative we, if that's what you, it would make you happy and make you work on a high level here. Are we going to chiropractory corner?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say I will work on a high level no matter what. That's the, a given.
0: Okay, well we'll let, we'll let you do the chiropractor thing. Bef- as we listen to this song and listen to Sam Sam shit that some I guess some listeners listen in for, this is a Chicago 19 um, released in 1988. It actually it was a platinum album. It was a, it was a hit for them. Um, following of course chicago 17 and 18 which were made with producer david foster the band moved in a different direction with this one but continued to sort of court chart topping success with uh, power ballads but this particular song here is what we might call the closest thing to a return to form on the record uh, because it features our old friend Robert Lamb Who you may remember, listeners may remember Is um, old, the OG Keyboard player One of the main singer-songwriters in the bands And uh, you can hear The horn section on this one uh, Jimmy Pankow Lee Nane, Walt Parizater, etc Getting in there Getting a chart going Which they're increasingly not on these albums So this is a good one To start us off getting us into the musical world and sam let's hear a little bit about your
2: chiropractor experience Uh, can i talk about it over you're not alone (laughs) (laughs) all right we got a taste of that (laughs) basically like a few weeks ago i woke up after like a really long flight and it was like the worst pain i've ever had in my back and it was like going all the way like it was all the left side of my body and i was going all the way down my arm to my hand and, like, my hand was even kind of numb at a certain point. And so, like, for a day or two, I was kind of like, let's just, you know, like, because I've thrown out my back before and I was. <laughs> but it, like, persisted. And not only did it persist, but it, like, got way worse. Where it was, like, kind of going to the front of my body, too. And I really didn't know what to do. Like, because I knew, I knew there's that stigma around chiropractors and a, I couldn't find, like, a physical therapist who was with my insurance (laughs) in the neighborhood. Andy, do you have any Advil? (laughs) I just up getting a headache. So I found this guy, this Russian guy, and he's in my neighborhood. It's, like, right around the corner from my apartment. sounds convenient. It was super convenient. I mean, he immediately, just looking at my posture, he knew what to do. And it involved basically putting these electrodes all over my back. To soften the muscles So that he could like Totally realign my spine Which he did Um, And the next day I already Delete voicemail (laughs) It felt better the next day I went back again Two weeks later Did the exact same thing Electrodes (laughs) And so Yeah I'm like Definitely on the road To recovery Feeling a lot better I couldn't recommend This electrode therapy more It made a huge difference In my life And so that's kind of it okay we're happy for you what's up is it okay
0: is that good i'm satisfied (laughs) i'm glad you're feeling better do you have
2: any questions or anything
0: um no i'm i'm fine uh andy anything
1: no i think i understand
0: (laughs) great we're all glad you're maintaining your health (sighs) Happy to talk to you about it.
1: Uh, There's a lyric in that song, You're Not Alone, which is like ostensibly this inspirational power ballad about uh, togetherness and friendship and support. Where he says something like, "Um, I hate to burst your bubble, but there's people in the world that hurt more than you. Yeah. uh, And everybody else is lonely too. And so, Sam, maybe that's just something that you should think about (laughs) (laughs) next time you're cornering your friends at a
0: bar. (laughs) You you know, it's typically the the recipe for a good conversation is, yeah, so that's what's been going on with me. How are you? What's been (laughs) happening with you? And you ask them back and then they tell you how they've been doing. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Just just a thought
2: typically when someone has uh like intense pain they're going through what a friend might say is like oh how how are you feeling by the way not like can we play a chicago song while you ramble about this and then move on but i guess both of us could use some refreshers on on uh social cues
0: chicago 18 was only on the charts uh it was on the charts for a while but it peaked at uh number 35 which is a real bomb for them uh, and if you remember this producer, David Foster's worked with a ton of people, his sort of legendary pop producer had come in and kind of taken things over and replaced people with studio musicians. And, uh, you know, it, the the formula had worked for Chicago 17, which was a big hit, but not so much for 18. The band was really split. They were trying to uh, figure out what their identity was or how to get back together. Um, and, uh, so they brought in a new guitarist for the, uh, the, the following tour and started trying to, you know, figure out how to be a band again. And, uh, so this guitarist's name is, uh, Dwayne Bailey, um, who is a member of Bob Seger's Silver Bullet Band. And, uh, he was sort of like a rock guy and people were talking Breathing the name Kath, mm. Kath vibes in regards to him. He's a real shredder. <laughs> he's a shredder.
2: Also, was that an intentional pun when you said he's like a rock guy because he was the guitarist on the Bobsey Grav like a rock?
0: No, but I'm look, but it can't have been uh, coincidental because I'm looking at the words like a rock right in front of me, right? Oh, now. that's
2: right. You're looking at the Wikipedia. I got into no, I'm looking
0: at. The, I'm back in the books. Uh, you yeah. know, as the resident historian, I'm back in the books. So I'm, I'm back in the James Pankow fan biography. <laughs> Um, I had
1: a big night last night, had a gig and some partying afterwards, and it just occurred to me, I just remembered that during the partying afterwards, there was actually a heated discussion of Terry Caff. Well, go on. Uh, friends of the pod, uh, Tom Malick on one side as a Terry Caff uh, uh, head. defender yeah, head and uh katie badastoni on the other side who wow. could not possibly believe that terry kath was a guitar player worth listening to and uh you know it didn't quite come to blows but uh it
0: wasn't that far off very impassioned two yeah. very impassioned yes. people yes. when it comes to talking about guitar playing yeah, yeah.
2: i'm now seeing why you were throwing up <laughs> <movie. laughs>
0: yeah, we, and he's got a had a rough now man, the cat's out of the bag we almost thought we weren't going to be able to record this podcast um right so Dwayne Bailey the wow. new uh, he's he's really shredding I, I have to say yeah. is, is there great a solos. song he shreds on that you want to highlight
2: I wish I knew off the top of my like head I feel like there's a big solo in I Stand Up let's try that near the end maybe oh my god <laughs>
1: Let's go. Ooh. That was like on the more tasteful side of his solos right, from this record. Yeah. Well, kinda it was kind of dismal sounding, though. Kind of kind There's a dope, lot of like uh, sort of tapping and
0: sweet picking and
1: stuff on other
0: songs yeah well important part of the backstory here is um i think it's our friend ryan O'Soul, who's a, a horn section member here who's maybe put the most pressure on us of anyone to be back doing this maybe the only person listening to the podcast right at this moment um he is frequently jokes about how this narrative of every chicago album is they're tired from the road and they're coming <laughs> to blows and they get back in the studio and they're like exhausted but they push through and make a record and you know i always think he's exaggerating that but i'm reading this biography and they're talking about how they've been really touring chicago 18 trying to like kind of combat peter Soterra's solo success and doing a lot of Cetera tunes and trying to like You know they're just they're they're grinding as as usual um and so when they get off the road most of them want to just stop because it was so miserable um pankow in particular
1: they want to stop as in like they
0: want to quit the band they want to break at least okay um but danny serafin a drummer in case you've forgotten who's a, also a big historian of the band and you know wrote wrote this bu- this book about his life and the band uh he wins and they come together to do a very focused session and they bring on 31 year old songwriter at the time rising hit maker diane warren who's written some songs and of course then she'd go on to be this huge pop juggernaut in the future but yeah the, the thing is you know once again the narrative is they're so tired from the road but danny says i thought we should write record and release a new album before peter was able to put his together mm, I a spite w- record yeah mm. i didn't want to let peter beat us to the punch again so there is like an active competition uh
2: which generally is the impetus behind all of the great music that's true of the 20th century
0: that's true When you're right, you're right, Sam. It's not like I don't give you credit for when you say something that's right, you know? I always wonder what it
1: must feel like to be a band in this position like Chicago in the late 80s. Uh, or like Aerosmith in the 90s where it's like you used to be able to make hits by writing your own songs and now you've accepted that you can't do that anymore and you're bringing other people in to write the material for you. Like, There must be some amount of like spiritual
0: debasement that happens yeah. there. Or at least yeah. ego death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think a lot of them were in it, but there's a good quote about this. So she wrote the ones that I guess – I, I got to – maybe one of you could cross-reference like where the chart sure vibes sure. of these were, but look away That's was number a, one. And then I don't want to live without your love um, was also, I think a big hit. And those were the Diane, those are the two Diane Warren tracks, but there are obviously other tracks that kind of follow suit with the, with yeah. the sounds. Uh, so we got look away. Number
1: one, I don't want to live without your love at number three and you're not alone. Chiropractor's Anthem. It's in right. parentheses at the end of that song title. Because <laughs> um, that's what people 10. were
2: asking for at the radio. Play the chiropractor song.
1: <laughs> it does seem like a song you might hear
0: at a chiropractor's really, office. Yeah, it's, it's really appropriate, actually, that you did that. Because it does make me think of like, yeah, like some getting a checkup of some some minor medical problems yeah not to say my it's i know it's major freedom. you that's <laughs> about to stop you right there <laughs>
1: so should we hear a little bit of uh, look away the big hit from this record
0: well yeah, yeah but let me quickly oh my god there's more here <laughs> i just want to set this up because not everyone's happy about this right so including jimmy pankow because, uh, uh, because the horn the horn charts were guy, kind of like peering over the chair. or
2: <laughs> <We're> what? Like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> peering over my chair at Sam. and like, yeah, I know, I'm desperately trying to not make a contact. 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 <laughs> Diane
0: Warren had a period of brilliance in terms of writing hit songs for everybody in the business. Pink acknowledges she became the pop goddess in the '80s, and we jumped on that bandwagon and were talked into recording some Diane Warren songs. But I was hating life. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Wait, Pankow said that? That's a Pank quote. Is that from the Pank biography? Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he said it in 2007. There's not a citation of exactly what. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and just for, hey, just uh, for
0: uh, fans who maybe haven't listened
1: in a while, one of the key uh, historical documents that we are referencing, or that Winston is referencing as our, our resident historian, is a fan, like a self published uh, fan biography of
0: chicago trombonist uh, jimmy pankow yeah it's called uh, give me a show 50 years on the rock and roll roller Co- rock and roller coaster an unauthorized biography of james pankow trombonist with chicago by bill fleck that's the entire title <laughs> and the other text is um street player my chicago story which is a um, memoir by danny Seraphin, drummer of chicago so let's hear a little
1: bit of Look Away, the number one hit Diane Warren penned, a Power Ballad, that uh, made uh, Jimmy Pankow hate his life. Which I have to say... I don't, I wouldn't necessarily put this song on for my own personal enjoyment, but I do think it's the best song on the album for me. And I appreciate that it has like a very distinct narrative. Like it's written by an actual, you can tell it's written by a real songwriter. Right. The, the story of this song is basically a guy and his girlfriend have agreed that they're better off as friends. And then she calls to tell him that she's found somebody new, and he's genuinely happy for her, but he asks her to look away when she sees him on the street, because he's still going to be crying and stuff. It's poignant. Yeah. And it I think the fact that, I think the sentiment of I'm happy for you in that song is supposed to be genuine, which I feel like is an unusual thing for a breakup song right
2: and an unusual thing for a chicago song that's true even you're not alone has a line that's kind some of like spite in it yeah <laughs> uh who that who sings that one that's uh
0: that's the champlin champlin sing that one i believe that's a champ a champ yeah. song yeah champ daddy champ daddy bill champlin uh who has this weird role in the band where he's kind of like always vying for kind of like campaigning for more uh space for himself like he he kind of doesn't have a defined role like they have like this lead guitar player they bring on but then allegedly he would keep trying to take solos (laughs) and then they got this peter satiric jason chef the leads quote-unquote lead singer who has this voice that's identical to peter satiris he's like trying to um edge him out a little bit to take you know be the lead singer on some songs but this producer they bring in uh somebody nevinson ron nevinson they have two producers on this album this um producer nevinson is like yeah we got to get champlin on these ballads because he's got like a little bit more of an r&b soulful edge to his voice than chef has got that tenor yeah sterile tenor which uh
1: Apparently, this is more of a a fact about uh, Chicago 18 than 19, but just to give you an idea of what Jason Sheff, the Peter Cetera replacement, what he sounds like as a singer, there's a quote from him talking about when they re-recorded their hit song 25 or 624 in this kind of synth-pop version on Chicago 18, he apparently asked uh, producer David Foster how should I sing this song? And David Foster said, sing it exactly like Peter Cetera did. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, that is what he, that is advice that he took for, to heart for every vocal performance he gave with Chicago. Right. Uh, uh, I'm just going to keep the chef train going here for one more minute. Please. Uh, I was uh, visiting JasonChef.com uh, before we started recording, just doing As that. you do every yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> just because he does have a blog uh, and I like to, keep up to date uh most
0: political stuff uh
1: you know the most recent one he it's he's been a little dormant he had a nice very poignant uh remembrance of uh chick korea up there uh, after chick korea died uh but uh he's also on cameo and maybe we could get him to record one for us (sighs) uh that would be very nice yeah we could get him to do a little maybe like a start the show with um you know, he we could get him to record a little introduction to the show for us. Uh just spitballing that that's an idea pretty brilliant, I think, that just came to me within the last five seconds. But okay. what I really wanted to ask, uh, is uh how much do you guys think Jason Chef is charging for a cameo? 175
0: hundred and um seventy five dollars. Sam?
2: Uh yeah, one hundred and seventy five
1: sounds <laughs> Uh well, he's more affordable uh than that. Uh, he's charging seventy five bucks. Wow. wow so well we you
0: could, were close. That's close. That's I've yeah, I've been on I've been on Cameo mostly looking at um one time I went on and uh compared the whose line is it anyway guys mm. l- rates because i was like <laughs> yeah who's <laughs> the battle for
2: supremacy who, who is the most in demand that's a great idea for a podcast whose rate is it anyway yeah, right, right. There you go. There you go. well you'd be surprised at how
0: how undervalued proofs is compared to say you're calling mockery or your. um yeah. Greg Proops, uh, I've always been a Proops. Head, that's so, so funny, Greg Proops. I yeah, see,
1: I think that it maybe is reflective of his actual demand because I can't think of uh, who Greg Proops. I
0: can't summon, but you can think of Colin Mockery.
1: Yeah, and then there was wasn't there Ryan, Ryan of course Ryan and Colin, and then of course Wayne Brady. Right, I I don't know who the other guy is. So there you go. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I think I think mockery is maybe commanding more than Styles these that's, days. That's actually no surprising to me. to me. Yeah, I gotta I gotta check up on that. I might be spreading fake information. Uh, how do we get on? To the, oh, yeah, but those guys. I feel like I feel like Styles can command. Yeah, maybe up in that mid hundreds. You think, you think uh, Styles is a Chicago fan? That's a really interesting question. Maybe we can get him on. You know, Sam was just
2: i'm Being on quiet. this i think this is the most interesting conversation <laughs> we've ever had on this podcast i'm like actually thinking about the cast of his line is it anyway right now
0: <laughs> what, what the fuck are we talking about I think that was good material but we can move. oh on jason now. chef right and the cameo that's that's interesting yeah that's thank interesting. you for bringing that oh uh, yeah you know i'm just trying to do my part here oh, it's good to be on the chef train for a minute um I So I think this gets at the, nar- the sort of the narrative here and, and the triumphant moment of this album is sure they had to bring in Diane Warren, bring in some outside songwriters, but they're getting past the, we're just trying to pretend like Peter Cetera is still in the band and like go head to head with him doing exactly what he's doing in his solo, more successful solo career. It's,
2: it's like joining Chicago is kind of like the stain. It's like the mob. It's like, he probably thought he was free when he left the band, but now he's got like this band, like yeah. <laughs> like looking at his release schedule, being like, "Let's get this out first. Oh, he's, he has a song with like a shredding guitar solo. Let's now we'll get ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, looking over your shoulder.
0: Satera's bread and butter, I think, is uh, being on soundtracks, Karate Kid mm, and shit. Yeah. But his um, allegedly he called Chef after eighteen to uh it's like a political campaign he called chef to compliment him on his vocal performance wow wow so they're both they're all tango they're doing this tango yeah together
2: well i mean look imitation is the sincerest sorry go go ahead you you got it (laughs) that's what i was gonna say so i mean like it's he probably he kind of like um that's like a power move to be like yeah i hear what you're doing you're on your way kid Mm
0: mm-hmm Are there any, uh, I'm just looking, looking through for some other bits, you know, there was, there was some tension here though, obviously some major tension about the, um, about the, the Diane Warren thing about the, had, had
1: they brought in outside songwriters before this?
0: there are co-writers but not on the same level of just like uh, uh, have, let's have her write some hits as as I recall we should we should, we, should, we can check Chicago yeah, 18 I'll, I'll I'll take a look at that but um cuz David Foster was doing some shit sure but one th- the big thing there is that they just didn't foster just like didn't put in horn parts so half of the band didn't really have very much to do um and that's sort of still happening here although like To me, it sounds like the same amount of horns as those, but it seems like maybe they thought there was a little bit more attention being paid to them. Um, but there's some tension also. I thought this part was very interesting, talking about the live show. When they add Dwayne Bailey yeah. to the live show and the band, they also add something that now, you, if you look at, them performing like on the Macy's Day Parade and shit like we did many years ago and look at contemporary performances of them. Chicago tries wireless mics for the first time. Oh, So I'll just read a little bit from this pank book. Unchained from formal microphone stands like me right now. Unchained. The Hole in the Ass Gang. You may remember, (laughs) faithful listeners, that the Hole in the Ass Gang is the name of the horn section in Chicago. Their affectionate nickname for themselves the hole-in-the-ass gang prowls the stage at will with little or no choreography. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine those guys prowling. <laughs> wow.
2: Unchoreographed.
0: Uh, here's a, this is the freestyle. So, while Pank is in his glory, the random wanderings seem freakish and actually disrupt the show. <laughs> <laughs> what is, I feel like we've heard that yeah, phrase, Pank, Pank in his, his glory. glory. Yeah, yeah. Of this, this is the book that's just t- like every other section is like, pank with his low-cut shirt yeah looking, looking, tan, looking, and well looking rested. tan and well-rested amazing we can, in yeah. his element yeah. can you
1: repeat that sentence
0: yeah <laughs> while pank is in his glory the uh-huh. random wanderings seem freakish and actually disrupt the
2: show <laughs> not only are they freakish but they genuinely genuine <laughs> <they're> truly disrupt.
0: <laughs> well lamb two walks the stage aided by a while lamb t-o-o or is yeah, there a yeah. second oh, lamb
2: man. in the <laughs>
0: Lamb, comma TOO, comma yeah. walks the stage aided by a wireless guitar. Mm. Unfortunately, mm. his newfound freedom reveals an awkward stage presence and he'll soon get back behind the keyboards where he belongs.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we found the one person who hates this the more than
0: we did. Though the guitar will become a staple on some num- on some numbers for the rest of his career because that we've seen him in those videos you see Lamb with the guitar even today. <sighs> However, the biggest change dash and the biggest risk risk dash is taken by seraphin who starts adding midi technology including samples (laughs) to his drum kit to recreate the sound of chicago's most recent albums paragraph break new paragraph the bells and whistles don't work as planned new paragraph some <laughs> wow. of the things he was doing technically interfered with the show midi wrangler kiki ebsen tells ben joseph in 2000 who the
2: fuck is that <laughs> you don't have a media is midi technician who's your midi wrangler in office culture uh,
0: uh, yeah it's me I, like trying to start the sequences with his kick drum and it just wasn't working and he would blame the next person for it <laughs> If Seraphine accidentally brushes Pank, his f- Pank would never. Pank, let me never, just say never. Pank would never yeah, blame it on somebody else. If Seraphim accidentally brushes his foot against the kick drum pedal, the sequences will start <laughs> catching the band by surprise. <laughs> I wonder if there's footage of this. <laughs> Holy just, shit. <laughs> just fucking up the MIDI Starting a new song in the middle of the song. And then there's Seraphim's live drumming, dot, dot, dot. He got so wrapped up in the electronics that he just never practiced, <laughs> <laughs> never really played anymore. Take, <laughs> because he was so wrapped it? up in the electronics. What's, what's the writer's name again? Can, do you remember off the top of your head? Is it, ben, uh, where is it? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so good!
2: But Bill Fleck.
1: What does Bill Fleck know about Danny Seraphin's practice uh, habits? It's so funny because I got to cross
0: reference the Seraphin book. He wasn't even that good at the electronics, right? So didn't, <laughs> because the Seraphin book is like I didn't want to do electronics, right? So. And right, this book right. is like he was so caught up in it yeah. that he fucked up the bit. It's like, sir, so it's a real Rashomon that we're dealing <laughs> with uh, here. He got so wrapped up, of uh, never really practiced, never really played anymore. His solos were all samples and to some <laughs> and to some extent sounded awful (laughs) 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 as things deteriorated for Danny it started rubbing the band the wrong way night after night of blown sequences and dragging tempos hurt the show and drive of the rest and drive the rest of the band nuts oh yeah it's weirdly written in um, present tense Champlin is especially furious and characteristically isn't quiet about it and this is not in quotes this is Fleck sort of imagining what bill would say you know danny bill says you're overplaying and i'm not a big fan of your style in quotes don't talk to me about overplaying until you stop over singing seraph hits back citing champlin's very loose interpretation of color my world so this guy's just making stuff up <laughs> i it's un yeah there's just there's just all these pages about the band dynamic on this tour it's pretty fast i want to believe it all unsurprisingly, Chicago, this is a little bit later, they talk, they're talk. they talking about this stuff. I'm like, how do you know this? Pank and Wally are, of course, solid friends. Wait, Wally? Walt Parazater. Oh,
2: okay. Um,
0: Sorry. Saxophonist. Jimmy Pankow. Trombonist. Yes. Lee Laonane Trumpet. Trumpet, right. Pank and Wally are, of course, solid friends, a bond that will last for years to come, and they stay close to Laonane too, as all horn sections are wont to do. That's mm. true. But Lao Nain is also tight with Lam as they now share a clean and sober lifestyle and they are joined by Chef who has recently cleaned up and for good himself. Champlin is clean and sober as well and gravitates to Chef though he'll sp- also spend time with Bailey and trade some jokes with Pank. So where is this all coming from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what <laughs> is happening
2: here? I'm like, in my head, I'm what trying to do like a family so tree of who's friends, <laughs> who's sober.
0: Uh um, t- uh, Loud lane is tight with lamb as they now say clean and sober lifestyle. That reminds me of myself sort of getting away from you and your toxic habits. Sort of. Mm. Andy and I bonding a little bit more lately as I've kind of cleaned up my acts, explored some wellness things. Whereas you're just talking about your chiropractor, but still up to your same old ways. Right? Anything to say? I
2: have nothing to say. That one hurts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking cold brew, by the way. Uh, but it's not grady's and um grady if you're listening we'd like to repartner i know we haven't been doing much lately but um i miss i miss the sweet taste of grady's i'll buy it
1: god damn it it. when
0: i can um but uh it's not so available where i live now um god we've all moved since we last did this yeah it's crazy
2: i've moved twice since we last did this yeah yeah
0: You got some moved out of New York.
1: I was just looking for, uh, I was looking up Bill Fleck, the writer of the James Panko unauthorized autobiography just to see like, Oh, is he like a roadie? Like, did he actually have some firsthand knowledge of this? And, uh, I don't think he was, I think he, uh, if listeners are curious, uh, he's written another book called not the dude, Jeff Bridges and the search for self. Whoa. The first of a proposed two-volume unauthorized biography of the Oscar-winning actor, and it, it is, according to his about the author section, that book is making inroads with those in the know. Uh, he's got a Lon Chaney
0: Jr. biography. Uh. <laughs> what a freak! <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I mean, he must have just freestyled that shit about the band dynamics based yeah, on the that's fact. Interesting. You know, yeah it's cool I like it I'm
1: seeing the uh uh street player and uh the James Panko biography frequently bought together on Amazon so maybe uh,
2: yeah it's cause Winston's the one person person who bought both either
1: of them
0: yeah those are the main texts about Chicago
1: yeah all right, that's all I got uh oh and uh Bill Fleck uh has been contracted to write a young adult novel for Page Press an adult novel (laughs) I would rather be an adult novel (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> sexy ass shit like that tank stuff hot yeah <laughs> steamy mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what's um what's a song you really liked on this andy that we haven't listened to
1: let me queue up
0: the track uh, i, I just want to
1: we've hit a few of my favorites allude already.
0: to the fact that we're so much more positive about this band this album yeah we've been than away we have for a while. been for quite a while but like there was no like fuck this was horrible this album like we we well, haven't said that. Before.
2: If I remember correctly, it's been that way for a while in their discography, where it's like they've it's not embarrassing anymore. It's just like this slick, anonymous, yeah, um professional sounding thing. that's right. a lot less fun to tear apart. I
1: will say, looking at the track list, and I've listened to this album a few times now,
0: which there is amazing. Congrats.
1: Are one, two, three, four, I don't know, about half the songs I'm like I'm looking at the title and I'm like I have no idea That's what, what, I'm saying, what this yeah. is right, right, I've heard it several times I'm gonna play I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love the other Diane Warren song which is like yeah classic sort of a CVS uh,
0: soundtrack or Dennis Office waiting room type music is there anything you wanna do a little bit of Color My World on you I can't like I, can. no, I don't feel equipped no yeah. there any lyrics you wanna highlight Andy yeah, yeah. Since you seem to have gotten into the narratives of these songs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's one that I would like to highlight of a different song. Should I... uh, I mean, I don't really want to take the mantle of... uh, You You can take it. I don't
2: give a shit.
0: Okay. See, (laughs)
2: this is the attitude
0: these days with him.
2: (laughs) I want to listen to this for a little bit. Let's listen to a bit of this. This is what I was listening to in the rain when I texted you guys.
1: Mm, That's a poignant image. (laughs)
2: that was nice that was not a glitch listeners that's uh
1: winston doing his remix live remixing his celebrated live remixing
2: which he'll be doing on a tour starting early (laughs) next year coming to a town near you (laughs) really nice nice sound (laughs) you really make it your own (laughs)
1: listeners are like uh it's like my car like did the engine uh just blow or something an
2: example of some of the cool stuff winston
0: has been working on
1: and you know winston's got uh, a new office culture album out relatively recently and this is yeah, called a
0: fa- crossfade
1: i'd say this is pretty indicative of like the the winston's general musical universe
2: i hope at this point like the. Chicago fans hate listening to this so They're like, alright, now that is kind of cool
1: <laughs> A whole new spin On an yeah. old classic I gotta admit Winston is frantically smashing <laughs> it's not No sounds are <laughs> happening He's kind of like da- Danny Seraphin Behind the MIDI <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drum kit right now
2: The machine is I'm just Wires oh, jutting out of it Let's go
1: Yeah, so that kind of shit is good Alright, you want me to keep going? Or...
2: I think it's pretty much he's done everything he knows how to do
0: oh that's, that's just cool. a little ambient mm-hmm oh I see thought provoking
2: yeah. yeah honestly it's funny because the album cover for this album almost looks like a house mountain thing and now it's oh it sounds yeah like- totally <laughs> right
1: that was cool <sighs> yeah okay um that was a big ass hit yeah ha 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 Alright, so Color My Words is a section of the show that's usually been helmed by Sam. But he's Uh, slacking off. Well, you know, as we learned, he's been having a lot of medical problems lately. I am can't get up from laying down to
0: fucking put on.
1: I'm just stepping in really on the fly here, just kind of spitballing, uh, throwing things at the wall, uh, trying to do some analysis of a song that I was not prepared to talk about at all, so bear with me we're talking about heart and pieces the opening track Mm. really my favorite lyric on this album i've already talked about which is the one in you're not alone where he tells the subject of the song basically like fucking pull yourself together uh only you can touch me with your dark eyes with a look that burns like fire through the lonely night sometimes i run but i can never hide From the pieces of my heart that fall like rain from the sky.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: When you hear the thunder, when you hear the sound of a mountain crashing down, Mm. it's just my heart in pieces. These are the, that's the opening verse of the album. And for me, when I heard the beginning of it, I was like, okay, this is just kind of like standard, uh, you know, heartbreak, uh, pop stuff. But then when he says, sometimes I run, but I can never hide from the pieces of my heart that fall like rain from the sky. We're, we're seeing a guy who's like running as pieces of his heart are falling like rain from the sky. And yeah, he's, yeah. He's, that's like some... You know, it's like Salvador Dali or uh, Rene Magritte or something. Like it's quite a—that's what I thought of too. Quite a strange image, raining chunks of heart, or it's like the end of uh, Magnolia with the frogs or something. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I I must admit, I sort of sat up uh, to attention when when that image you know came across my car stereo.
0: Yeah, uh, my uh, I think that might be my favorite song on the album um which we heard at the top of the episode right um i was tr- i don't know who these dudes who wrote it are but i know one of them was uh in the band chili Whack, which is mm. a classic mm. band of the time tim feehan and brian mcleod so again not written by members of chicago at all but not diane warren um, Tim Fee-
1: Feehan looks like a handsome fellow when you pull up his little Wikipedia thumbnail there. He certainly is.
0: Ooh la la. He wrote songs for um, Crazy Bone, Eddie Money. He's done a lot. He's a, he's a pro. Worked with, bone, yeah, Bone Thugs. Yeah, I was going to say that Crazy Bone? Yeah. Wow. And Brian McKnight and Boys Two Men. So Guy has oh, okay. got, 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 got a pedigree. R and yeah. B type pedigree. Um Yeah, that one's sick. There's a lot of poignant lyric you know, they got they got the lyrical thing together, so even when it's pretty banal, the they all make sense together. There's no just like word salad, which is like basically the the signature of Chicago lyrics for their first uh sixteen albums or something. Certainly, in there we're we're trying to be heady. Period. Um. Yeah, Chicago nineteen, kind of good.
2: I wouldn't go that far. Eh?
0: What's a be- what's the worst song on this shit?
1: Uh. I'm, well, there's all these songs that have just completely
0: lapsed from my memory. Right, like, that's every Chicago album. I really, yeah.
2: I didn't like I Stand Up, which I guess is, like, the attempt at, like, an old-school Chicago song, but I got really excited when it started, because I kind of like hearing them in, like, the... 80s like Rocky IV soundtrack mode.
0: Well, we listened a little bit, but let's listen again. Just yeah, to a comparison. And then is, we
2: sure. should listen to Run Around because that was my favorite right, on, right. on the record, which does that much better, in my opinion.
1: Um. I Stand Up I thought was a good candidate not to just be taking over everybody's segments but this seemed kind of like a stank, stank watch a stank watch yeah, yeah was absolutely. that
0: what it was
2: called stank watch
1: mm.
0: it was, uh, Crime, it was watch Crime Watch the this, this, this stank uh, report <laughs> just uh, you know stank report no it's, <laughs> no, a, stank it it's a, stank a stank alert it's a stank
1: okay. alert when we get to the chorus it's got a little stank on it
0: that's Lamb it's nice to hear him. Yeah, our old friend. Although, at this point, him and Champlain's like, might as well be the same voice to me. It all sounds the same. Alright. Stank incoming in. Four.
2: Three. This two. One. Eight. Oh. I hate that. I don't like that. I don't mind doing
0: honest with you. This, <laughs> I'm not stank, it stinks. I don't mind. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind it one bit. I do, my man demands a bit. Demands respect. (laughs) It, It is nice to hear them in this mode. You know, they still got their identity. As bad as it was, I'm happy they still they still get their moment. You can hear how much they're enjoying the horn sections enjoying that shit you know what I mean and you yeah. can also
2: hear their camaraderie and friendship
0: their camaraderie and who which of them is sober <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is like you can really
2: hear the
1: the complex web of relationships uh, crack yeah, jokes and manifesting
0: yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, and you said you wanted to hear run around
2: yeah okay from the top here this was playing in Winston's car when you picked me up yesterday that's
1: pretty cool yeah
2: yeah Back in the garage. This is just a rock band.
1: Yeah, this is one of the totally anonymous ones to me. Definitely. All right, we're kicking up our heels. I
2: just gave, when, were you going to do a sample thing there? <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like... Uh it's like a hyper pop remix or something oh that was nice yeah i it's like it was that uh king tubby over there riveting stuff
2: <laughs>
0: oh okay
1: You know what I like so much is that you're always serving the song with your remix.
0: I didn't even do that. That yeah. had a mind of its own. Yeah. No, one, no one got any kind of sense of that song from all that. But.
2: So that's kind of what we're looking at there. Yeah. That's kind of my favorite. The Chicago fans are going to
0: love the live remixing, I think. Well, you know, they Chicago is a fan of remixing and, and, and reimagining their own hits as they went all along. That's we know. true, yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to stay up to date here. I'm just more of that. I'm like in that culture now, the like DJ culture. Yeah, you I keep saying. What do you mean culture. by that? I mean, I, I club and I do some Molly and I keep it under control though, because I'm also professional. I i hold down a job and like.
1: No, my you own were kind of talking lifestyle.
0: about your clean and sober lifestyle, like not uh, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that and Molly's, throwing me under That's more of a professional is like if you're in that culture then you you do a little bit but you keep it under control unlike all of sam's shit just abusing medication and that kind of stuff it's all right look we're trying to get through it it's been it's been a couple of years well things have changed i i extend my hand to you and i say we can we can mend we can do this podcast better than we've ever done it before
2: and and I think we've proven that true. We, put,
0: we can put put this aside. You know, There'll be growing pains. There's some growing pains today. We can put this aside and everything that happened with Later and the contract disagreements and the movie stuff, everything that you were trying to do to get away from Andy and I who were just trying to stay, clear, stay true to the vision for the projects that we signed up for. You this, know?
2: Uh, honestly, this feeling I have right now is a feeling I completely i haven't felt since the last time the three of us were in a room talking about chicago and it's this very potent mixture of like fatigue (laughs) uh resentment toward winston Mm. um love of my friends and i'm so happy we're doing this
0: i think more of like yeah friendship like brotherhood and like some some pity for you but that's you know what i mean and a love of music—that's that's the kind of the recipe. And just like thank thankful for Andy for keeping it all together. I just realized that I'm the only one here that's not wearing a gold
1: chain right now. So you I'm all here? sort of left yeah. out.
0: I do. I, I kind of do. Yeah, I have another one. Mm. We all started wearing chains and shit. Yeah, yeah, I've been out of the city for too
2: long. Yeah, it's kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Sam is
0: sort of threateningly like uh <laughs> brandishing his chain at me. Sam got a Sam got Zoso, he got the Zeppelin uh symbols tatted on his chest as well.
1: Oh that's, that's very cool. True.
0: Yeah. It's kind of embarrassed. He was like trying to get shirts that would highlight it in the summer and there's it's awkward kind of shapes. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> that is true like it's like a black t-shirt that has zoso <laughs> yeah. cut Got out, out. Mm-hmm. and the tattoo's black
2: yeah. so it's just it like a mess <laughs> didn't line up Shirt sure was too small
0: i don't want to live without your love i don't want to find somebody new and Lord, that's the way
2: my feel sorry for you. <laughs> well this is we decided to rejigger the um rating section so now we rate it on a scale based on i don't want to live without your love where we rank either uh, the album either as i don't want to live which is the worst <laughs> <laughs> um or love which is the best mm. Without, uh, is the without is the middle without is the middle which were. is like i could live with or without the album <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, that's yeah. an interesting we did I think, we I, had a long discussion about <laughs> that uh, before we came back yeah we spent the last two and a half years <laughs> developing this new system
0: okay are we rating it are we
2: ready for that no let's go back to the old one i was just kidding mm. uh, okay
0: you want
1: that was a good idea. Uh, well, we're going to table. I don't want to live without your love as a rating system for now. We're going to have a couple more meetings about it. You know, if you if you hear it back on the Chicago 20 episode, don't be surprised. And don't say we didn't warn you. Mm. Uh, but for now, we'll go back to.
0: Well, everyone, this is the segment you've all been waiting for, the segment uh, 25 or 64, where we rate the Chicago album we've spoken about on the episode on a scale of 25, which is the best, six, which is um, in the middle, okay, and four, which is bad. It's a stinker. Um, as people know, four is are are frequent on uh on this show um however i think we might have some surprises today i'm not sure or it might be i think i have an idea of what it might be but um let's get the ratings on the board for those of you keeping track at home sam
2: uh the album is a four for me Uh, Pocky you broke (laughs) it i thought you're thinking six is all around I was going to say straight sixes. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't I don't ever want to listen to it again. I don't really like any of the songs. But my love for both of you, we joke, but my love for both of you is a 25. And mm. I'm so happy to be doing this. And yeah. I really, I missed um, hanging out in a room together talking about this music. Me too. Me too. Uh, I'm going to go with a six,
1: which might be, you know, a sort of... There might be a fondness at returning to the Welcome to Chicago podcast that's uh, causing me to hear the music uh, more charitably than I would otherwise. But, you know, I thought the Diane Warren songs were pretty good. Uh, I like that they got this shredding metal guitar player in the mix we admittedly didn't hear uh, much of in the episode, but you just have to trust us that he's... uh, We'll Dude. add some in post. Yeah. He's doing his thing. And, uh, I thought, you know, the bad, the stuff that struck me as really bad, uh, like the closing song victory, which we haven't really talked about. Uh, and it seemed just like funny to me. Like it didn't make me mad. Um,
0: we should listen to a little bit of that. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll listen to close. We out. can
1: uh, play it, play ourselves out with victory. Uh, yeah, so I'm giving, giving it a solid six.
0: Yeah, I feel like it, it did feel long, to, like a long time since I listened to Chicago, but also I felt like I was right back there in it, and so I, I really felt like even like remembering the last two. Um, maybe I don't know. I, it just felt be- it felt distinctly better than than even the last two. I, I would have to go back to listen to Seventeen because I know that. But I feel that was like just maybe having the shimp like the not all chef Sotera voice. I think like, we were giving out twenty fives to seventeen. Well,
1: we, were, we were so
2: depressed. That was like peak <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Were we
1: giving out twenty fives? I remember like Jeremy Larson, who was our guest, being like, You guys have like Chicago Stockholm Dude, I home. literally
2: I feel like all of us were like just crying. Like, I don't <laughs> think any of us listened yeah, we listen to up. it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I uh I, I would definitely. I think. I think the, you know, who knew that I would be favoring sort of the the bluesy vocal, but I mean it's more of an R and B vocal with him, I guess. I just prefer listening to his voice so much over the chef shit that I'm going to give it a six as well for uh, mostly for the songs we talked about, and uh, we 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 stuck to the charitable the ones that we liked pretty much. So it's good that we're gonna maybe check out one of the bad ones. But I do want to say. Um it's amazing that we're here, you know. Yeah. It's Four beautiful years. to be here. Um and we've been doing this podcast for a long time and our friendships have grown in such a deep way since we started this. And I'm glad we're we're doing it. And uh I encourage all of you to keep your friends close and maybe we'll rib each other a little bit, but you know, coming out on the other side of this pandemic, getting back to listening to Chicago. Being in the swing of things, feeling like ourselves. That's what it's all about. And that's what this podcast is about.
1: Kind of what this song is about, too. Yeah. uh, Which is called Victorious. I apologize. I called it Victory before. And uh, now
2: we have to do the whole podcast over. (laughs) Thanks, Andy.
1: And as you listen to it fade out, uh, just you should know that it's six minutes long. Uh, as you're just sort of orienting yourself about kind of what the whole experience of the song might be like
0: and I won't be remixing this live but I will be posting um, <laughs> on my personal Twitter some remixes from the album that you guys can check out So, we'll, but we'll listen to this as is just for the sake of like, I mean it's, it could be doper obviously. Yeah. thank you so much for listening everybody as always I'm Winston I'm Andy
2: I'm Sam and we are the welcome to chicago boys and we're back and we're not going anywhere it's actually
1: kind of good
0: actually kind (laughs) of sick (laughs) Yes.
2: This is just good. Yeah, this uh-oh. might be the best song on the album. Sounds like the 1975.
0: <laughs> it doesn't really bland that chorus very well. Yeah.